cool concert venues, an annual film festival, downtown shops and restaurants, and a vibrant arts community. The Red River Market for great eating and shopping, miles of hiking and biking trails, sports teams and city parks, and much more. That's the thriving community of Fargo, home to North Dakota State University, where you'll find an innovative entrepreneurial spirit and job opportunities after graduation. Experience NDSU. Visit today. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Press. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 Could this be the music of the future King of the Ring? We won't know until next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, produced by the one and only Wrestle Attic Radio. Check out all the great people from Gift of Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, Fourth Wall WrestleCast, the Nacho Mama's Wrestle Soap Opera Cast, as well as us here at the Game Changer Podcast. You guys, so many great things going on there, including a Patreon. Uh, check us out on Twitter. So many things are just continuing to ball, snowball up. It is absolutely tremendous. I am Nate the Epic Great, and I'm being joined here by the one and only, everybody's favorite Canadian, especially on Twitter, especially in wrestling, and also a freshly buzzed, the one and only Mr. Fretz. How's it going, good sir? Buzz, buzz, folks. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not stealing, I'm not stealing your gimmick. Uh, what's going on, everybody? It is me. The Prime Minister of Wrestle Attic Radio, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz, at the legendary JF on Twitter and Instagram, Fretzelmania, etc., etc. And I forgot to get my bubbly, Oof. so so a cup of tea is gonna do me just fine instead. Well, I got some water and a medieval time gauntlet, gauge, whatever cup. Uh, so that's my, that's my bubbly for the whole entire year. Hashtag Bring on the bubbly. So. Guys, we're going to be talking about, of course, AEW All Out that took place last weekend. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to hear a bit of a shorter review that I had with Dusty Dave, definitely check that out on the Game Changer podcast, uh, Spreaker.com deal, as well as many other platforms. Uh, Also, be sure to listen in to the new podcast that Dusty Dave 
is going to be producing in the near future, so definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to start off with that. Shout out to Just Dusty Dave for absolutely making an incredible weekend that much fun. And I'll tell you guys this, he's the reason why I decided to go to All Out this year. I originally didn't have plans to go, but he convinced me to join in with him, and it turned out to be one of the best weekends I could ever have as a wrestling fan. We're definitely going to talk about that in the future, but we have to talk about WWE stuff. Let's get this stuff out of the way because, well, a little bit has happened. I mean, to be honest, I will say this, that it's another situation where, hey, Raw's got a great show, and then it's like a meh show. So this was kind of one of those meh show for me, even though people are like, what are you talking about? It ended with the greatest thing. Trust me, we'll get into that and why I have a little bit of an issue with it. So let's first talk about, of course, King of the Ring. Uh, we had the, of course, last batch of the... Well, actually, we had the quarterfinals wrapping up this week. We had uh, Baron Corbin defeating Cedric Alexander. Uh, now, of course, Baron Corbin picked up the victory after Cedric was assaulted by the... Uh, oh, gosh. By, by the OC, that's right. And we also had a double, I guess, a draw, quote-unquote. They never really kind of decided who, if it was a draw or something like that, with, between Ricochet and Samoa Joe, so the referees decide, well, we're going to have both of them inserted into it. So it's going to be a triple threat match between Ricochet, Samoa Joe, and Baron Corbin this upcoming week for Monday Night Raw. On SmackDown side, we had Elias taking on Ali. Uh, Elias picking up a victory here, which kind of shocked me, actually. I honestly thought we were going to get Mustafa Ali versus Andrade, but uh, that was not in the cards. Instead, we get... Uh, uh, Elias moving on to the semifinals. Uh, we also had Chad Gable versus Andrade, which in all honesty was match of the week for me. This was absolutely spectacular. Chad Gable, oh my gosh, delivering very well, as well as Andrade. And I will say this, that it all starts with Zelina talking about, you know, the whole hype deal where she say, say like, oh, you know, you seem like such an inspiration, you seem like such a role model, and I would be cheered for you if Andrade was not in. As well as moments like, okay, that's that's good, that is good. And just the reaction that she has at the end of the matchup, where Chad Gable uses, you know, does like this roll up combination deal and picks up the victory over Andrade. My God, just that face is the face of so many people, including myself. I was the same way. I was like, they, they really went with, oh my gosh, yes, we're getting Chad Gable versus Elias in the semifinals. This is awesome. Uh, I will also say this, that I said this on Twitter, that if they're using this deal to repackage Chad Gable, I'm all for this. I am all for a deal to have, you know, King Gable or something like that. Just have him be completely revamped, repackaged, have him turn into something else. It's just one of those things I am legit looking forward to. Now, of course, I think we can kind of paint the picture that it's going to be between Chad Gable and Baron Corbin. It could still go either way, but at the same time, we could get Chad Gable versus you know, Ricochet. We could get Chad D Gable versus Samoa Joe. We don't know at this point until we reach you know this upcoming week. But I'm looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to seeing who makes it to the finals at Clash of Champions. It's going to be very interesting, to say the least. I've said enough already, so Mr. Fretz, your thoughts on the King of the Ring this week? Edit. So, uh. King, King Elias is all 
I, I know last week I talked about Baron Corbin. I want to see it. I want to see it just because it'll piss off the internet fans. But if everyone knows me, knows by now, I absolutely walk with Elias, and I have since day one. Him sitting on the throne with that crown and guitar doing, like, I got big-time Elvis vibes out of it. That's, uh, that's all I want to see. But I think Gable is... He's going to be that underdog baby face, like, uh, kind of like Neville when he made to the finals against, um, uh, Wade Barrett. So I think that's how I think Gable's going to be booked. As long as they keep that shorty crap as far away from him as possible. I mean, I'm only five foot five, so I get the whole shorty thing. If I get saddled to something like that and say, okay, I'm off to Ring of Honor, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> No, I totally get that, and I 100% agree with you. The whole, like, shorty, mix short, whatever the frick they're coming up with just makes no sense. I, li- I like it if it's an insult. If it's just an insult, that's fine. But if they're going to try to make that into a character, then no. No, no, no. no. I-, I refuse. I will still call him Chad Gable. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I If I ever do a meet and greet with him, I will literally tell him if they change his name. I'll be like, dude, can you just sign this as Chad Gable? It's just, just do it like that. Uh, or yeah, uh, just, just, or like how um, Will still likes to call Orny Lorcan by uh, Biff Music, and you know uh, there was that story where I think it was at Access or something, and uh, Orny Lorcan's having a match, and Will's just like Biff, Biff, Biff Music. It's not my name anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh, we love wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, that kind of wraps up that whole deal about King of the Ring. Uh, so, this is kind of some interesting news, and I'm kind of hoping that it evolves into something more than just, you know, th- than just some random one-off deal. Uh, they announced that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be the mediator for the contract signing between Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins for their match at Clash of the Champions. What I'm hoping is going to happen is that maybe we can get a Stone Cold Steve Austin guest referee spot here, which would be awesome. I would be okay with that. It would probably turn a matchup that would be meh into something like, ooh, I'm interested. But we'll kind of have to wait and see how that turns out. I don't know. I'm looking, I always loved seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I can't complain about that. I love the TV series that he's been doing, Straight Up Steve Austin. It's very entertaining. It's a lot of fun to watch. Definitely, if you haven't gotten a chance to, definitely watch it. Just the cameos that they talk about with, you know, with Sal Volcano. And the recent one that they did was with Becky Lynch. So she kind of talks about all the odd jobs she had to do, all the stuff that she had to do to make it in the business. It's just really cool. And plus, you get to see Becky Lynch hit a stunner on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oops, spoiler, but I don't care. It was awesome. Uh, that's that's awesome, yeah. Uh, I'm a sucker for nostalgia as... I, I don't think I reviewed that Raw Homecoming or whatever that was earlier this year, but I'm always a giant sucker for anything nostalgia. And Austin is probably in my top five, maybe even my top three of all time, so anytime he's on TV, I'm all for it. And Becky Lynch... Oh get in just that stunner was beautiful and uh, Austin even did like the whole Shane McMahon rock kind of beer spit spot as well that was just uh, the icing on the cake and I, I don't watch a lot of reality TV I don't think I get um, 
the channel that that Stone Cold show was on, like USA Network, isn't yeah. a thing up here. But and I'm, I, it's also I'm I, that also begs the bears the question: what's hap, what's going to happen with NXT in Canada? Rogers, can you please answer that for me? Uh, yeah, that's that. That is a good point. That is a good point. I will definitely give you that, my good sir. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Maybe they're just going to have to be like, well, this is why you get the WWE Network. They don't have it in Canada, you idiots. Jeez. It's not a streaming service in Canada. I can't just upload my PS4 and go click. No. I used to have American Netflix, but now it's harder to get. You you know, it is absolutely amazing. I know we're kind of getting a little off topic, but it is something kind of interesting to kind of talk about. You would think that WWE, with all the money and all the stuff they put into the network, that they would cover, you know, especially all of North America first. They would hit, you know, the United States. They would hit Mexico. They would hit Canada. But the fact that, you know, you're telling me that after, what has it been, almost five years of the having the WWE network, they still have not put it up in those kind of regions is kind of disheart- discerning, actually. The fact that we're focused on, you know, England as well as Japan, as well as other nations, but they can't even get, you know, network streaming here at home, and I'm sure somebody's going to say, like, well, they got these kind of disputes with these networks and blah, blah, blah. Resolve them. Honestly, resolve them. Get the stuff into other nations so that people can enjoy them. It's not that hard. It's it's Rogers. It's the, the telecommunications company up here that has the, the sports stations. That's what it is. And their contract runs until 2024, so... I don't know if the WWE's exclusivity contract with them is going to expand into anything like that, but that's that's a dispute for another time. And uh, yeah, um, I, I'm good with just watching streams after or downloading or whatever. So, well, it is what it is. Yeah, well, teach his own. So the main thing that people have been talking about this week with WWE is what happened at the end of Raw, and that is that they had a tag team matchup with Sasha... No, not Sasha. Uh, Becky and Bailey. I'm sorry. Taking on... Uh, oh, gosh. Who were who, who they, they facing? Um, oh, jeez. I'm trying to remember. I think it was... No, it wasn't Charlotte. Gosh. Who the it hell? Wasn't Charlotte. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh Nick, just like a Alexa, Alexa, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. There we go. It was like a champion showcase, uh. quote-unquote. Um, so, yeah, they have this matchup... And we see Sasha Banks coming in. She attacks Becky, and we're thinking like, "Oh, well, Bailey's probably going to save the day." Bailey, quote unquote, turns heel by attacking Becky Lynch with the steel chair, and they kind of fade off that. Um, they open up SmackDown with Bailey kind of addressing that in. Honestly, probably the lamest way possible. I'm not going to lie. This was one of those situations where I was like, okay, I'm kind of interested to hear what her meaning is and hear what, you know, her motives behind it were. And it's just like, well, Sasha and I, we're friends and we, you know, we'll handle stuff together and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? Uh, um, okay. And there, there's like also a point where she wanted to basically be kind of like on the same level as Becky Lynch, which was one of those things where it's like, okay, that I can get. But the fact that they're still doing this whole deal where it's like, oh, Sasha and I, we're still friends. Like, oh, God, they're setting up another deal where they're going to cross each other, right? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. This is one of those things where people were asking for it for such a long time. They wanted to see a heel Bailey. For me, 
I honestly was not one of those people. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, well, maybe change up the character. Don't make her feel like she's the, you know, John Cena of the women's division. Actually let her, you know, you know showcase some other moves. Let her ha have some matches where, you know, she does kind of, don't do this deal where it's like, five moves to win. Don't do that. Do not do that. Just, I'm, I'm kind of torn about this because it's nice to see a little bit of a change of character in Bailey, but at the same time, I'm not one of those people that's really high on this whole deal. I mean, I remember you guys talking in so many chats just saying like, oh, Bailey turned heel, Bailey turned heel. And I'm just like, okay, well, let's just see how it goes. And then just having her, you know, do the whole chair thing. I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, it was like nothing. It was kind of one of those things where I was kind of numb to it. Maybe it's because of the fact that I was still dealing with All Out and the incredibleness that it had, that it kind of watered this down, where it's like, well, I mean, you tried, but meh. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really all on board with this whole Bailey heel turn deal. Uh, I kind of like where, you know, some of the spots that they had there where Bailey's just doing, like, the chair deal. I kind of did like the spot where Bailey and Sasha were taking turns, like, crashing up chair on the back of Charlotte. Honestly, there was a point where I think she got hit, hit in the chest. And I was thinking to myself, ooh, that's going to hurt. That is going to hurt. So that was kind of those moments where it's like, okay, that's a little scary for me. That's, uh, that's a little too real. Uh, but I want to know your thoughts. Your thoughts on this whole, you know, Bailey, quote-unquote, heel turn slash change of character, I guess we'll call it. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all in for it. You know, you know I'm a sucker for heels. And uh, I honestly didn't see it coming at all. And I think the, uh, one of the funniest things about this is as soon as it hit on Twitter, everyone's just like, uh, oh, my gosh, check on Izzy, check on Izzy. And Izzy tweets... It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out, shout out to Izzy right there. That was perfect. And I, and I replied to her. It's like, you know, I thought your reaction would be one of either maniacal laughter or tears. And I'm glad to see that it was somewhere towards the former. Uh, big, big shout out there. And like everyone was like, had all the gifts of uh, her hugging, uh, helping Cody, like her dad. And, after you know the whole thing, what was it that Brooklyn or one of the other tapings where like Sasha like grabbed her glasses or oh, her headband yeah, from the yeah. crowd? Oh, that, that was funny. Yeah, I think that was takeover and, respect if I'm not mistaken, because that was the Iron Man match. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that that was funny, uh, and I like that on well on SmackDown, everyone's just giving out like, oh, she's still coming out to her regular theme. I'm like, I think. It, it, it reminds me a little bit of Sami Zayn. You know, Sami Zayn still comes out for that, you know, happy, you know, kind of right. like punk ska skanking theme. And he really leans into it with his with his character. And I think Bailey can do this kind of the same thing. Like, I'm not picturing, like, this is a big uh, reference and shout out to uh, uh, Wrestle Ramble with uh, Ollie and Fagador and all them. And it's like, it's kind of like Bailey Sting. Like, you know, all of a sudden, Bailey's going to come out all goth-like with, like, you know, the Sting face paint, the baseball bat, and and everything. So, it's not like she's going to come out with a different character and come out all Sister Abigail and stab the wacky and wavy inflatable flailing arm tube man, which I would actually kill to see. I would love to see just them come up, like, and just stabs them or takes takes a chair to them or something. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see where, the, where this is go. I think... It might be a rather short-lived heel turn because we all know what uh, Sasha Banks 
is kind of like. So, yeah, and Charlotte, I mean, she's a terrible baby face, but Unforgiven, what, what's the pay-per-view this month? It's not Unforgiven. I'm talking about Unforgiven. Um, uh, Clash of Champions. Yep. And it's in Charlotte. Woo! So she can have, like, a big baby. She'll have the baby face pop there anyways. Right. So... Why not? I hope it's just not temporary just to get the the face pop. Yeah. No, I definitely do agree with that. I'm kind of interested in seeing where this kind of, kind of goes. Because we do see, you know, the brutality that they had Sasha and Bailey do. Uh, honestly, this is going to be kind of interesting. Could, could this set up for a future uh, Horseman four-way matchup? I'd be all on board for that. If... They do this at, like, Survivor Series. I know people are kind of still saying, well, what about the four horse women, yo, eight-woman tag match? We still got a ways to go for that. We still got a ways to go for that. I mean, I would probably feel comfortable with that being at WrestleMania. That way, uh, who, who are the other two? Uh, uh, was it, like, Jetman Je- Duke and... Uh, Maria Shafir. Maria Shafir, thank you. They get a little more time to, you know, work out some of the kinks and some of the deals that they have with their movesets. And we'll feel a lot more better and be like, okay, now we're feeling good about it. We still got like the pieces in place. And I think we still got at least a couple more years before it's gonna happen. But I think that you know, once they have the experience, once they got everything taken out, once the rust is off, then everything's gonna be good. Uh yeah, honestly, other than that, I'm trying to think of like anything too major that went on with WWE this week. I can't Oh okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so two things. Two things that we have to definitely talk about. So one being, of course, the Firefly Funhouse, where, oh my god. Again, Bray Wyatt just striking gold with this one. Jesus. So he addresses the rumor about, oh, The Fiend wants you know, a title shot against whoever wins at, <coughs> excuse me, at Hell in the Cell. And we see, we see the puppet of Vince McMahon come out, and he's just... About to do the other words of, you know, you're... Whoa, 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 daddy-o. And he just feeds Vince McMahon Puppet a dollar. To which I think to myself, oh my god. That is the ultimate rib. And that is the greatest thing that I think has ever happened on television. I swear to god. Just seeing that picture of Bray Wyatt being like, oh, let me give you some money. And it's like, okay, okay, you get your title shot. It's like, oh my god. This is like almost Lucha Ground-esque, and I love it. (laughs) I'll see you in hell! Bye! Oh my god, yes. That was, oh, it just keeps getting better, and uh, it was funny, last night I was sitting here in front of my laptop trying to record a How I'm Gonna Fantasy book because I, I think this is leading to the demon, and I tried to sit down and record for like an hour, and I, I couldn't I couldn't get everything out. I deleted everything. I might try it later when I have a bit more of a think. But it's just th- th- this is awesome, and you just see the whole you know in a in a past life they they took something from me. Then you get the whole like dramatic music and oh, and he, he just snaps right back to Mister Rogers. And then the fiend comes back, and just the whole <laughs> "I'll see you in hell." Like, okay, uh, the crap has been literally scared out of me. Uh, this is why I like Bray or the Fiend only showing up once in a while as an attraction. Hell in the Cell is going to be whack. Yep, 
Couldn't have said it better. Definitely couldn't have said it better. So, other thing that happened this week was that it seemed like we had a quote-unquote Daniel Bryan face turn, per se. Some people were saying that it was just because of what happened here. So, guys, bear in mind here. So, Clash of Champions, the night where all championships will be on the line. We're thinking to ourselves, okay, so that probably means no regular matches put on here, right? Well, we had ourselves a uh, bit of a bombshell because they have a matchup here where there's no championship implications, no championships on the line. It's just Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan set up for the mat for the event. That's it. So so much for that whole deal of oh, all titles are on the line. It's like okay, if this is on the pre-show, that's fine. I would I would take that. But are they going to really do that? No. They're, they're not going to do that to their quote-unquote biggest star in Roman Reigns. Even though their biggest star on Raw should be the you know Universal Champion. One on SmackDown should be the WWE Champion. But I don't get it. Oh, wait. How's the best way to describe this? Oh, yeah. Stupid. 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 Booking decisions. So... Alright, so basically what we got from this was that Daniel Bryan comes out, he's like, oh, I want an apology, I want an apology. Roman comes out, but then Eric Rowan comes out, beats down on Roman, and then he beats down Daniel Bryan. He actually does, like, his claw kind of slam to Daniel Bryan through the announce table, which I thought to myself, oh, wow, that that was one of the first table spots that actually worked out pretty damn well. Uh, and all I'm thinking to myself is, the only way I will accept this is if the mastermind behind this is Luke Harper. And they just decide to have Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Well, they don't have to do the Bludgeon Brothers deal. Don't have to do that. Don't have to go back to that route. But just have them literally just be a tag team that's like, yeah, we're just going to beat the crap out of everybody. Which works. Because that's what they literally do. That is literally what the tag, what Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are. They're just two guys that will just destroy everybody because they can. Don't have them have these weird little gimmicks. Just have them be. Two guys that are just like, yeah, we just want to break bones and just destroy everything. Yes, have them be the version of Lucha, of the Lucha Brothers. I'm okay with that. Just just do it. But odds are we're probably not going to get a Luke Harper in this. But we'll see We'll see at Clash of Champions. We, I could be completely wrong, and we could indeed see this. But we'll just have to wait and see. see Luke Harper again unfortunately <laughs> when his contract runs out I think he'll either go to, there's one of two things I want to see him go to Japan and wrestle Ishii because that would just be an absolute barn burner like I watched uh, Ishii versus Kento this week from Royal Quest watch it folks holy crap <laughs> they took lumps out of each other and Spoiler alert, you know, Gorillas of Destiny get involved, but, you know, I was totally okay with that because Ishii, the Stone Pitbull, is just this monster. And Kenta's, like, not a monster, but he can beat the ever living piss out of you. Or Harper goes to AE Dub, and you get him in the ring with Luchasaurus. Ooh. That I'd be okay with. That I would be totally okay with. Oh my gosh. The, the possibilities are endless, but we'll have to see. And we'll definitely keep tabs on that when, you know, the news breaks out. Because, like Fred says, it could happen. We'll see. Maybe they'll actually do something different with Luke Harper. We haven't seen him since WrestleMania. 
it saddens me. It's like, damn it, I, I was so happy to see him. I'm like, yes, we get to see Luke Harper. He's awesome. He's amazing. That's the last you see of him. Can we get like those missing signs that you know Drake Maverick and R Truth have been throwing out, but just with like Luke Harper on there? It just that that that's that is literally me right now. Just paste my face on, have Luke Harper be the one that's missing here, and that is literally me right now. I'm that person looking for him. But you know what? We're getting off on a you know very interesting note, so we're gonna take a quick commercial break, you guys, and then when we come back. Oh, boy, howdy, do we have a weekend to talk about with you guys. AEW, StarCast, as well as All Out. So many emotions, so many things to talk about. Why? Because I was there. And honestly, it's a very humbling experience, and I'll explain why more when we come back from commercial, you guys. So stay tuned. We will be right back. What up, Ooses? This is DFDC Jeff Pomantrio of Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hi, I'm Nate the Effing Great. You know what's really fun, you guys, is just spending some time creating wrestling moments, whether it's being in the crowd, cutting promos, or just really kind of beating each other up with a chair or a trash can. Well, Let's just say that there's a safer way to do that without using an actual chair or a trash can. Go over to Great Minds Revolution Incorporated. My buddy Kurt has actually created a very safe and fun way to be a wrestling fan without the necessary lawsuits of basically beating each other up with real stuff. He has an inflatable chair that is really fun to just whack around, and it could also double as a little float floaty for a pool. He also has the inflatable trash can, which, you guys, is really awesome because, let's say, maybe you don't want to use it for wrestling matches. You could use it at your barbecue, your next big tailgate party, whatever you could think of. Great Minds Revolution, Inc. They do a great job on making wrestling fun again. Proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings Podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hey everyone, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, So Mal. You are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Sending lots of love from California. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the music of the GOAT, of course, Chris Jericho, the first ever AEW World Champion. Yes, major spoiler as we're going into AEW All Out, but it's it's just an awesome moment. We're going to talk about that matchup in just a bit, you guys. So, for those of you that did not know, they also had an event called StarCast before the events took place, and... We got the chance, myself and Dusty Dave, to go to the StarCast. We got to go to some of the panels. We got the chance to meet, greet some of the stars. Uh, so just kind of briefly talking a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk more about the you know, AW All Out event itself. So for me as a wrestling fan, going to these StarCast events have just been back-to-back 
absolutely phenomenal. If you've not gotten a chance to go to a StarCast event, definitely check it out, especially with the new next one coming up, because they have uh, full gear, AW full gear coming out, and trust me, we're going to talk about the card already. they got two great matches ready to go, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, but they also have announced that in Baltimore, Maryland, that there's going to be a StarCast event at that event, so definitely get the chance to meet and greet a lot of these stars, get a chance to meet and greet so many people, it's absolutely phenomenal just meeting these people, getting a chance to even talk to them a little bit. Uh, so honestly, you guys, getting a chance to meet some of the people that I've either met over this past year or people that I've met you know, for the first time ever. I will say that there's a few people throughout this year that's like, oh my gosh, first time ever, this could be cool. Uh, so it's just absolutely phenomenal. I think I started off with Oh gosh, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. I think I started off with. I want. I want to say I started off with Francine, who I met at ACW uh, Water City Wrestling Con earlier this year, along with uh, Shane Douglas. And for those of you that have not been following what I've been doing on Twitter, what I did throughout the Starcast event is that any person that I had a meet and greet with, I had the chance to give you know each woman or specific woman that I've picked out a flower or like a rose or something like that. Uh, I went to Joanne Fabrics, and, and so many people are probably thinking, like, oh, you went to, like, a flower shop or something like that? Wouldn't they die or something like that? Even Dave was thinking, like, oh, aren't those things going to die out? It's like, dude, I got these at Joanne Fabrics. These aren't, <laughs> these aren't going to die out anytime soon. So it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, Joanne Fabrics, congrats to you. This is a cheap plug for them. So, yeah, Joanne Fabrics, you get a cheap plug for having, quote-unquote, realistic flowers, I guess we can call it. Uh but yeah, that's been kind of the motto and kind of thing that I was doing throughout the weekend was getting the chance to, you know, hand out these flowers left and right and center. Uh, people kept asking, you know, hey, you know, what the flowers, what are the flowers for? Uh, I will say one funny story was with Adam Page where uh, him and Joey Janela both asked the question, you know, oh, are those for me? And I said this to, like, the, I guess, the handler beforehand. I said, okay, if Adam Page asks this, I will tell him this. Literally... As soon as I went up there, he's like, oh, dude, is that for me? I'm like, I have to tell him this now. It's like, dude, you were too good for flowers. But I'll tell you what, once you win the AEW world title this uh, this Saturday, I will get you a bouquet of flowers. He's like, okay, cool. I'm like, shit. He's going to hold me to it, is it? And he literally followed up with, I'll hold you to it. Fuck! <laughs> Just literally a moment where it's like, man, he's, he's holding me to it. Damn it all. So I was thinking to myself, oh, boy, I'm going to have to... You know, he's going to send me like his P.O. Box number, and he's going to send me this deal. It's like, well, I know a good flower place, so at least I have that going for me for that. And we'll talk about that, whether I had to follow up with that. Well, no, I already spoiled it. I didn't have to follow up with that. But at the same time, it would have been kind of one of those cool things if he just <laughs> DM'd me. He's like, hey, dude, so this is where you can send me the flowers. He'd be like, wow, he, he followed up with that. He holds, He's holding me to it. Goddamn. Uh... Second day, I think, was probably the day that I will never forget because... Actually, was that the... Well, either one of those days. Uh, I remember that Friday being just completely packed where I went from one person to another, to another, to another, to another. And throughout the whole deal, you know, handed flowers like crazy. Uh, first day was Leva Bates. A lot of people know her as Blue Pants from NXT. And... She is an absolute sweetheart. And for a woman who had to wake up early and do a video game tournament, she was still bubbly and bright and perky and happy. And she was just legit... She was just such a delight to work with. Um, 
I even showed her a video from uh, What Culture, where you can kind of see her and Simon doing this uh, interview, and in the background, you see me kind of doing this deal where I'm just doing like a casual, like cartoony deal, trying to sneak off the screen, <laughs> and. I showed that to her, and she just busts a gut laughing. She's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, I know. I was trying so hard not to get in your interview and everything, but she was just such a sweetheart. Um, I will also say this. This was something that uh, Dave actually mentioned to me, uh, because one one of the things that I wanted to do with these flowers was to show the appreciation that I had for all the women who bust their ass to really put on these great matches for us. And some people also, I was hoping that, would make their weekend, and one story I will say that that held to be true was the story when I met Penelope before, and it was so great, because Penelope, I gave, gave her the flowers, she was just literally just, I literally saw her face, it almost looked like her heart just kind of melted, where it was like, oh, that's so sweet, she's so happy, have you seen that, and I, I just remember getting like the handshake from her, and she said thank you, uh, it wasn't until Dave told me, after when he met a Kip Sabian, he said, he said, well, after she got that flower, she seemed like she was in, you know, a better mood. She was in higher spirits than what she had. So that was one of those things where, like, yes, I'm, I'm doing what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, have so so many people feel, you know, great about that and just enjoy it. Uh, now let's get on to something that originally I was pissed off about, but now I can kind of look back at. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, all right. So let me paint you guys a picture here. I'm literally just standing in line going to see SCU, of course, SoCal and Center, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and Christopher Daniels. All three of these guys are just absolutely tremendous. And I just remember, you know, standing there, there's these guys with, uh, can you know, guys with cameras, and they were roaming around throughout the event. Uh, a lot of them were doing, you know, like camera spots, stuff like that. It's probably like in highlight videos and stuff like that. Uh, for me, I was doing like this interview with them, quote, or so I thought. The, basically talking about StarCast, they ask about, you know, what the flowers are for, stuff like that, and I'm wearing my hashtag Beltbro shirt, so this kind of was like rubbing salt in the wound here, damn it all, and while I'm talking, in the same room with me is everybody's favorite loudmouth bastard, asshole, that being MJF, and he's literally just berating me as I'm doing this interview where he says, he says, "Oh, do you have no? Do you have no material. You have to interview a fat guy. I'm just asking. I need to know. Do you have like? No, you have like no dry material whatsoever." Follows it up a few minutes later by saying, "Ask him where he got his Tempur-Pedic shoes. Ask him about his type three diabetes. Ask him where he won his fake belt." And originally, I'm just kind of more pissed at the people who did the camera deal because I was thinking, "Oh, I'm doing this cool thing. I might be on like a television spot or something like that." I was just not in the way. I was hoping I was. Literally, Dave just tags me. He's like, oh, man, this is funny. I'm just going to tag him with this. I'm like, okay, what's going on with this? As soon as I see the video, I'm like, son of a bitch. You freaking MJF. And I, you can't see this, but Fretz is literally covering his mouth. He's trying so hard just to contain himself. Oh, my gosh. And I've, I've shown a lot of people this. And there's so many people who are like, dude, you're a legend. You got roasted for free. You're a star. I, even and. God, God bless the man, and se sending so many you know thoughts, prayers, everything that's going on with him. He was just one of those guys who would just say like, "Dude, you're a legend now." <laughs> I'm just like, I don't feel like a legend right now. I feel like I got roasted by a dude with a freaking scarf. Just what the hell? But 
I've now gone to the point, gotten to the point where I can just you know sit back, I can laugh about it. It's just one of those things where it's like, I thought I was doing something good, but no, I'm just a recipient of the MJF, you know, <laughs> crap that he has done. So that was just a great, that was, that was a great moment. I'll admit that. Uh, got to reunite with one of my favorite duos, that being Demon Bunny, Allie and Rosemary. Oh my God, that was great. Uh, I got a hug from Allie for the flower. It was just so great. And there's this like deal where Rosemary and I, we talked to Allie and I was like, well, where'd you guys get the black rose? And she talked and Rosemary talks about the tree, tree of death. And I'm just playing along like, yeah, she and I, we talk about the tree of death like all the time. I mean, are we going to tell you where it is? Probably not. I mean, we know how good Allie is with taking instructions. And it's so funny because I talked to one of the, uh, to one of the vendors that was there, who who I've seen like three times too. I've seen him just as much as Demon Bunny, and he's a really cool guy. Definitely, if you get a chance, get a chance to talk to the dude. He's he's cool. Um, where he kind of just you know chuckles and agrees with me too. Is like, well, yeah, <laughs> just uh, and just getting the chance to you know again pass these flowers out, get to meet these people. Uh, I will say this: that two great moments that happened at this were meeting Sting and CM Punk because I got the chance to not only you know. To get professional photos with them, that was awesome. But also, got the chance to you know, shake their hands and say, "Dude, thank you every for everything that you've done. You guys have just been creating great memories. You've done a fantastic job." And you know, Sting he says, "Thank you. I really appreciate that." CM Punk said the exact same thing. I will also say this: I didn't get one of those like uh, CM Punk autograph portraits because I got one of my belts signed by CM Punk, and he's the only one that's getting who's going to be signed on that belt. I'm like, you know what? He's that prestigious. He deserves that. That he deserves that. He doesn't. Nobody else is getting that belt. I think Dave even said like, "Oh, so after you, he signs it, you're just retiring that belt." It's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, just, just leaving it there. Um, so I think I will say uh, one other thing about the whole flower deal. I originally was going to give one to Scarlett Bordeaux, and I don't think actually I don't think I've addressed this yet. So. Uh, but her and Killer Cross were running a bit late, so I got a little bit impatient. And um, I gave one of them to Allison Kay, who is an absolute sweetheart to me. She is honestly one of the workhorses in women's wrestling for a reason. She's absolutely phenomenal. I get a chance to check out her matches. Oh, my God, they're awesome. Then I had one flower left, and I was going to give that to Scarlett. But then something else kind of caught my eye, and that was Courtney Rush. A lot of people might know who that is. Other people who don't know what that is, definitely check out Demon Bunny's, you know, multiverse deal, you'll understand who that is, and honestly, I will say this, this led to a very funny moment, uh, I gave this to gave this to her, and I originally said, well, it was going to be for Scarlet, but I think you were better, I think she was just kind of like, eh, whatever, when it, comes to, when it comes to her, and as I'm in line for Scarlet, uh, I didn't even make eye contact with Courtney, but she kind of just looks right at me, and she says, you're not getting the flower back, I'm like, I wasn't even going to ask for it back. <laughs> and she thought I was going to just, you know, come up, ask for it, and give it to Scarlett. I'm just like, no, 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 no. There, there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> that was just one of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, I love Demon Bunny so much more now. Also, cheap plug for them. Check out their first part of the uh, StarCast uh, video that they had on their YouTube channel. It's absolutely great. You might see yourself in there. Uh, you might not. It also features, uh, oh gosh, I think it was... Uh, no, not Trevor. Oh gosh, who, who's who's the guy? Damn it! I'm trying to remember who he is. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember it now. Uh, but I will also say that the greatest parts of these two events were the fact that 
I got to ask Cody Rhodes a question about, you know, where are there days where you'd rather be the vice president or would you be a wrestler? Gave the perfect answer. If you guys haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out on my Facebook fan page. I'll probably even upload it to YouTube sometime this weekend so that people can get a chance to actually uh, see this. It's just really cool seeing it. It's one of the best things, one of the best moments I've ever had. Because here's the thing about Cody, is that he will literally look directly at you, and you feel like you're the only two in the room. It feels like he's actually trying to make that connection with you, instead of just being that guy who, you know, just maybe answer the question, maybe he'll look at a camera, or he'll look in a different direction, or something like that, like other wrestlers have done. No, he's literally looking directly at you, and it's one of those things where, again, it establishes a connection with you, with the wrestler, and as a fan. And it's one of those things where now I think I might have to put Cody on my list of favorites on such a high pedestal. Oh my god. At this point, I might as well. Um, and then later up, follow that up with karaoke where I sing Real American and people are just going nuts. Because why the hell not? Oh my gosh, that was amazing. But that's a minor note. Um... So one other thing I wanted to address. This will be the last thing, and then we'll talk about All Out. Don't worry, you guys. This isn't just going to be the Nate Nate had a great time at StarCast show. Trust me. It's not that. Um, When we got to the event, this was really cool. I remember, you know, talking with Dave. He had to go grab his uh, Arena exclusive shirt, which he got. So happy days for Dusty Dave. And as I'm going to the section to where... I'm supposed to, we're supposed to be, we had, I had a couple people come up to me, and they're like, game changer, dude, how's it going, I just remember people just, you know, they're, you know, high five, and they're hugging, and it's just really cool, they asked me about, you know, how'd you come up, you've had this experience in podcasting, how did you come up with this question for Cody Rhodes, and I was literally saying, well, the thing about it was that there's people that can ask, you know, the funny questions, there are people that ask, you know, the semi-serious questions, I kind of wanted to do more of the serious side where I actually ask a question that kind of makes them think and kind of makes, you know, you kind of you kind of think like, oh, that's actually really good. That's not one of those things where it's like, you know, weirdly worded or something like that. Just one of those things where it's like, okay, that's actually a good question. I kind of want to know what it is. Because some people think, like, oh, I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. But there's other people that are like, oh, that's, that's a good question. Okay, I'm kind of more this. So I definitely wanted to do a shout-out to the guys that, you know, Saw me at All Out, and definitely you gave me the, the right. You guys are the reasons why I do podcasting. So I want to thank you guys for being loyal listeners and for being a part of that. I wish I got your guys' name. I'm so sorry that I didn't ask because I wanted to do a shout-out so bad. I want to give you guys justice for that. I feel so bad for that. But again, for anybody that listens to the show, you guys are the reasons why I continue to do this and why I continue to do this with friends because you guys definitely do show appreciation for what we have to bring to the table, as well as you respect our opinions and you love what we have to say about so many things. So thank you guys so much to everybody, a part of the Wrestle Attic Radio family, as well as part of the wrestling community, the positive wrestling community. Trust me, there's there's the negative side, which I will discuss when we talk about All Out, which we're going to right now. All right, so this event, holy shit, was this amazing. I know, I'm going to have to put an explicit on this deal because I've already said every single you know swear word that there is possible although I think we can get away with saying shit a couple more times maybe we'll think well we'll see we'll see I'm, I think I'm, I'm following the reason why it's explicit too. I, was about, I, was about, I was about to say I don't know I was trying to follow like South Park rules but maybe I'm wrong anyway so we kicked off the show the buy-in show actually with the Casino Battle Royale 
And it was a women's battle royal. 21 women competing for a shot at the AEW Women's World Championship on October 2nd. All right, so I got to go right into the uh, to the list here. We had uh, Shalandra Royal, Leva Bates, uh, Fabia Apache, uh, Priscilla Kelly, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Shaza McKenzie, Sadie Gibbs, Big Swall, Britt Baker, Tennille Dashwoods, Eva Lise, my girl, Bia Priestley, Brandy Rhodes, Awesome Kong, Allie, Nicole Savoy, Teal Piper, ODB, Jazz, and at the final spot, Mercedes Martinez. Oh my god. As soon as that name popped up on the Titantron, everybody was going batshit crazy for for Martinez. It was great to see her. She just looked absolutely phenomenal in this matchup. And also great to see ODB. Teal Piper, oh my gosh, she did great in that matchup. I was... There were still a lot of people that are kind of like, well, let's see how she, she does. She did great. She held her own. I was very impressed by that. So, uh, the matchup basically had the final to be Britt Baker, Nyla Rose. Well, the one and only Priestley decided, well, I don't like the fact that I'm not going to win, so... Baker, you're not going to win either. So she's. we kind of get like this uh, Hogan-Sid uh, flair deal from the Royal Rumble where Priestley's grabbing Britt's uh, arm. Nyla Rose, she comes from behind, throws her out, and Nyla Rose is going on to compete for the AW Women's World title on October 2nd. And she would be taking on the winner of the Rio versus the Hikaru Shida matchup. Which, trust me, we're going to have quite a bit to talk about with that matchup. Uh, this matchup I gave a solid B. I thought it was a really good matchup. I'm kind of pissed off about the fact that my girl, Ivelisse, got eliminated so, so fast. And in kind of, I want to say a weak fashion, I I was so bummed about that. But match itself was really good. There was a lot of spots for a lot of people. Everybody got a chance to shine. It was great. Absolutely loved it. It was a great way to kind of start off the night and get people into the mode of being like, hey, let's have fun with, you know, wrestling tonight. So, I was totally for that. And hey, history was made tonight. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this match. Uh, I'm not familiar with most of the females that were in this. Like, the only ones I think I remembered were like uh, Jazz, Awesome Kong, ODB, and well, some of the new ones that we've I've just recently found, like uh, Bria Priestley and... Uh, uh, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose herself and when I saw the All Elite uh, press conference earlier this year they're like okay we're going to be all inclusive here and um, I was all for it because well I have a, I have a couple of friends from uh, from college that are uh, trans transgender I, I, I'm still I don't know the pronouns and the Binaries. I'm trying to be educated and be open-minded about this, so if I say the wrong things when I go on, I apologize in advance. And it's awesome to see Nyla Rose get this push. It's, uh, in a good way, it's a great, it's great for publicity, I think. It's awesome. 100% agree. Yeah, do not, friends, do not go to All Elite's Facebook page. Because it is a massive cesspool, and I'm not going to get preachy here and come down, but Nyla Rose is a woman. Don't call her a man, and that's all I'm going to say. 
I'm not going to get preachy and pissed off here because I've already I've already been. Uh, I I think Nyla Rose can be great as a credible like monster heel, kind of like your Awesome Kong. I think she would she would do very very great in that. And the the uh, win, the winner of the other match. I mean, they're they're going to put on a hell of a show. Uh, I was a little I was a little heartbroken when uh, when. Mrs. Adam Cole, Brick Baker was eliminated, and you know Teal Piper had a had a small showing. I wanted I wanted to see a little bit more of her, but I hope that she gets a little bit of TV time once um, Elite Fleet or whatever the show comes out. And I still want to know where it's going to be in Canada, Cody. <laughs> That'd be a good question to ask him. All right, so next matchup we have on here is the Private Party taking on. And Helico and Jack Evans. Oh, this is a good matchup to start off. This is a good tag team matchup, but trust me, they kind of one-upped it with the next matchup, in my opinion. Uh, so this matchup here has what people call, you know, the people who inspired the Street Profits in WWE, taking on my boys in Lucha Underground in what was a very fast-paced, very well-roundabout matchup. To which the finish, oh my god, was that amazing. So, the finish was a double uh, Poison Rana, the reverse Hurricane Rana that a lot of people have seen, a hit on Jack Evans. And Helico is up on the top turnbuckle. We see one of them do like a stratosphere type of deal to uh, and Helico. He gets thrown off, gets caught into a cutter for the three count. Really great matchup, just absolutely phenomenal seeing these guys just really demonstrate what it means to be a tag team in the tag team division here in, in AEW. Uh, we see them kind of all celebrating, but then and Helico and Jack Evans, they just beat down Private Party to get their heat back. And I will say this, that Private Party, to their credit, they were having help like halfway up the ramp, but then they just pushed the guys away like, no, no, we're doing it for the fans. We're strong. We're fine. Uh, I give this one a B plus. I really love this matchup. I think that, again, it demonstrates what the tag team division is in All Elite Wrestling. And it's honestly another showcase of these four guys creating a legacy for AEW. So, great matchup. I, I'm with you there. Uh, Private Party is a very new team to me. I think I found them at Fighter. They're at what Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen or both. Something I forget like which one. But these guys. At first, I'm like, oh hey, look, it's Street Profits. I'm like, oh no, these guys are, are better than the Street Profits, and I wouldn't mind seeing a match between both of those two teams. That mm-hmm. heard Karana into the RKO spot. Like my goodness, and you know Jack Evans, he's a veteran in the business, and he can still flip around like nobody's business. I mean, it feels like yesterday I was watching him in uh, Scramble Cage in ROH, which is like 14, 15 years ago. You know, same match where, you know, Teddy Hart goes up and pulls off a double moonsault and then pukes all over the place and gets in trouble for Ring of Honor. <laughs> uh, I, I love the, ta- the tag team division in this company, as we're going to see in this next match. I mean, oh, it's nice to see tag, like, tag team wrestling get a good get a good shout on TV because it's it's been a while I mean no offense to uh, to, to team Rudolph there but uh, man it's it's refreshing to see and whenever 
this tag team tournament. I think there's going to be what inaugural champions at the first uh, TV taping, or is that it's going to come through and we don't know yet? Yeah, I haven't heard too much about the uh, how they're how they're doing this. All I know is that uh, winners of a future matchup are getting a bo- first round bye in the tournament. So that's all we kind of know for now. But maybe we'll find we'll probably find out within the next week or two, probably what's going on for that, when they're going to have the tag team title uh, tournament taking place. Maybe it's going to be a full-fledged pay-per-view, for all we know. Which I'd be okay with. I'm all, yep, I'm all for that. It's like how MLW does their themes. They're doing like a wacky War Games kind of cage match coming up soon. So, I want to I want to see a bunch of that. Or like, take, like you know, New Japan does like all these tag team ones. I think they're doing one right now. They crank out too much content for me to catch up on. Right. <laughs> All right. So next matchup here is definitely a matchup we were going to talk about. Uh, SoCal Uncensored taking on uh, Jurassic Express. That being Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt. First of all, Marco Stunt is a gem in professional wrestling. I don't care what anybody says. He is just absolutely a gem here. I'll tell you this right now. Throughout StarCast, I saw him literally just kind of walking around, and he kind of blended in so well with people. He literally looked like just a random fan just walking around the, walking around the area. I'm like, dude, that's Marco Stunt. It's like, yeah. Then he just killed it at karaoke singing Sweet Home Alabama, which I thought was amazing. Uh, match itself, really great, because you got, you know, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, they show their stuff, and Luchasaurus, oh my god. Just more, please, more, please, more, please. Uh, but in the end, we see SCU, SCU picking up the victory. <laughs> picking up the victory in the end with their patented uh, tombstone BME combination. Oh my god, that that fin- tag team finisher is just beautiful. I absolutely love it. Uh, solid B plus deal, and I'm gonna say this right now. I shouldn't have. I think I jumped the gun on this one because. Halfway through, I did have to go to the restroom to drain the lizard. Mm-hmm. And then I also had to get some alcohol for myself and Mr. Dusty Dave because we were having a great time. And trust me, we, we'll talk about the downsides of alcohol in just a bit here. Uh, trust me, it's going to go into the Cracker Barrel Clash. I'll talk. I'll just mention that right now. Uh, yeah, again, this six-man tag was just great. And SCU continuing to be undefeated. When it comes to these matchups, they're always the first ones to start and the first ones to win when it comes to the main shows. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what more to really say about that. When I first saw Marco Stunt at uh, Joey Tanella's Lost in New York last year, I thought he was actually a fan who jumped the rail and then wrestled a match. <laughs> It, it was until I saw him do like it was like a tornado code breaker on I can't remember was it it, it wasn't MJF it was it was somebody else I know okay. Dusty Dave can help me out with that because I think him and Ant were at that show and I managed to snag a stream of it and it was wild and crazy um, and GCW shows I should just briefly say they're nuts I mean you have the lead singer of Weedus you know Teenage Dirtbag One Hit Wonder uh, and MJF like Ugh. Anyways, here Luchasaurus. My goodness, that like over the top like swanton dive that guy did after stunt and uh, 
Jungle Boy, you know, Luke Perry Jr. Oh, like, th this guy can go. This is a gimmick I, I just want to see more and more of on TV. And and if they ever pull the trigger on, like, a, on a split or a heel turn, which, frankly, I don't want to see for at least a couple years, Luchasaurus has the capability to be, like, a great main event monster heel. And I'm... I'm all for seeing much more of, of Luchasaurus, you know, SCU, classic veteran tag team going back to Daniels and Kazarian going all the way back to uh, uh, TNA. And both of those guys, they were in the WWE at one point in time, separate from each other. They cr I'm, watching, I'm, I'm watching 1999 stuff right now, and I went back and watched a little bit of 97 and 98. Uh, Christopher Daniels was in the inaugural light heavyweight title tournament. Huh. Oh, yeah, I he, had some matches with, he had some matches with Takamichinoku on Shotgun. Wow. Right on. And he had hair. <laughs> I think there's a reason why we prefer him bald. Just like people prefer me with with the beard. Uh, <laughs> so, next matchup on here. This is a matchup we had no idea that we kind of wanted until it happened. My God. Kenny Omega, the cleaner taking on the bastard Pac. First of all, the fact that he refers to himself as the bastard is already badass. I was already for it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in this. I want to see where this goes. Keep keep, keep this thing going. And yeah, he acted like a bastard during this match. I mean, he taunted the crowd. He was a bastard to Kenny Omega. This matchup, oh my god, this would have been match of the night. But... There's a couple that do kind of seed it just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, one by leaps and bounds, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, fast-paced style. We get to see you know, Kenny Omega hit V-trigger after V-trigger. He tries so hard to get, you know, get the one-wing angel, and Pac has an answer for almost everything that Kenny Omega had. So that was kind of one of those things that I was not expecting. I kind of forgot you know, how so versatile Pac was in the ring because I haven't seen him in so long. Here, you know, in AEW, he just was showing that he can be a main event level player. And he proved that in this matchup here. So, Omega goes for another uh, one-wing angel. And we see him, we see Pac slowly kind of transition it into like a Simone drop deal. Then we see him grabbing the arms. And it wasn't until a while I was like, wait a minute, is he, oh my god, he's transitioning that into the rings of Saturn. Oh my god, that's amazing. That is awesome. We see that he, Kenny Omega goes down to one knee, to two knees. He goes down. Referee checks on him. Referee checks on him. Calls for the bell. The arena is in shock because they're thinking, "Did did that just happen? Did we just see? Did we just see Kenny Omega lose beat? What?" And I had people right next to me that were still even just like. <gasps> Like, their hands are on their faces. Everybody's just like, what, 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 what? And it wasn't until Justin Roberts made the announcement. It's like, where this match of the result of a stoppage? Puck! And it's like, oh my god, that's, that is, that is actually kind of genius. Holy cow. I've never seen that before from Kenny Omega. I don't think I've ever seen a matchup where they've literally said, he, no, he's done, he's done. Usually it's just been like straight up pinfall or submission deal, but no. Puck beat him to a point where he could not continue. That was amazing. I gave this matchup a, a solid A. Holy shit, this was... 
wow, I, 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 I have nothing more to say. Oh my God, you killed Kenny, you <laughs> bastard! <laughs> and that works because, well, uh, this was a. I was shocked to see this match so early, and I really liked that it was early because uh, I watched, I managed to watch most of this before my night shift, and. These two just put on a barred burner of a classic. I mean, there was a, a, a funny moment that was kind of dickish where the crowd started chanting 205. Uh, I, I got a little bit of a kick out of that. Uh, they had all these diving spots to the outside, but they kept on hitting parts of their body off of the, the guardrail. Like, ah, guys, please don't die. Please be careful. <laughs> Although we'll be talking about please don't die in the next match. Oh, uh... I think this is going to be a great long-term booking storyline for Kenny, uh, kind of getting his redemption back and maybe even eventually getting the AEW title. Although there was only one person I want to be champion until the end of time, and that man is MJF. I'm sorry, Nate. <laughs> um, yeah, this this was a, a solid A, and I, it was, I thought, like, okay, so Kenny's just going to one-wing angel him, and then... I'm just either gathering food or I'm just sitting there eating, and then I see the whatever they call the rings of Saturn. And then, uh, what do they call this move? Now it's 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 left me, but uh, yeah, big shocker. I hope to see a rematch someday. I know there's a couple of matches set for full gear, but it's neither of them. So yeah, big 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 ups big ups to that, and the, and the crowd was like. All, all the crowd stuff it transferred well on on the stream on the on the on the pay per view itself. No, definitely, I definitely do agree. Uh, so the next matchup we have on here, in which again, hashtag please don't die, <laughs> is the Cracker Barrel Clash, featuring uh, Joey Janela, Darby Allen, and Jimmy Havoc. First of all. Congrats to you, Mr. Fred, for being the only one that got this matchup right. Because literally, we literally Dave and I after this match is over, it's like we got this one wrong. It's like yeah, the Canadian pulled up a victory here with this one. <laughs> oh my gosh, we, we were literally like kicking ourselves. Like, what did did Fred just pick this one right? It's like yes, yes he did, yes he did. But before we get into the finish of that, oh my god, the extreme moments of this matchup. Uh, first of all, early on. They literally have Jimmy Havoc duct taped to a chair. And then they just decide, hey, we're going to throw some thumbtacks into his mouth and duct tape his mouth. Oh my god. That just... That was a moment where I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No. No, I... I there, there's a reason why I can't do CZW. There's a reason why I can't do this kind of stuff. But thankfully they didn't go... Well, they don't go that too far extreme, but there's some moments where it's like, this is very CCW-like. A lot of really crazy table spots. Uh, Darby Allen tries to do like this spot with a cra- with a Cracker Barrel, where he tries to fall back onto Jimmy Havoc, onto his steel steps. Oh my god, was his back just absolutely... I literally was like, oh my god, he... Yep, he's going to have slivers, he's going to have to get surgery, this just... Yep, no, just no... <laughs> Uh, also Darby Allen with a very unique uh, weapon choice, that being a skateboard with thumbtacks <laughs> uh, with thumbtacks on the bottom. Uh, 
Yeah, the moment he kind of comes in, does his springboard deal, he has a skateboard deal, he jumps on Joey Nella's back, then you literally just see the tax on his back. I'm like, oh, God, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, Jimmy Havoc would capitalize after the whole, you know, fall from grace by Darby Allen. He would hit a, I think it was like a splash on the barrel, and then he decided, hey, I'm going to basically pull an Okada deal. Acid Rainmaker on Joey Janela through the Cracker Barrel for the victory. Just for the fact that these guys put their bodies on the line, I gave this one a solid A. Really good matchup, just absolutely fantastic, hardcore wrestling style. They found a way to balance great wrestling, along with the hardcore fans, the people that want the blood and the everything, that the violence just to be kicked up a notch. They truly did that. Uh, before I go any further, this is where I do have to mention the darker side of professional wrestling. So, while this match was kind of going on, there was literally a guy about two rows above us that was literally being such a tool, such a dick, where he's basically seeing you know people going up and down the stairway. He's just say, just saying like, "Oh, you fucking assholes! You people just doing this! You came here for the event!" You, 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 you. I mean, he literally was berating women. I'm like, dude, seriously, calm the f down, and. Then he just starts to pick a fight with, uh, with the guy that was literally, like I think, right across from him, where the guy is just been like, dude, just shut up and stop doing that. That egged him on. He's just like, oh, you stupid little bike, you like tattoos, you're creating tattoos, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking, myself, oh, gosh, we're probably going to see a fight. The guy gets up. He goes over to the guy who's berating him. I literally thought, oh, my God, we're going to see a fight. No, the guy kept his cool. He's professional. He was cool. He was just trying to be like, you know, just shut up, stop talking. Of course, this brings up the event staff. They bring up the police. The guy who's berating everybody gets arrested. He's up. His girlfriend falls behind. He's gone. I just remember also uh, Dave trying to be the peacemaker during this whole entire deal where where it looked like the guy, the guy that he was berating was going to come up and just swat him right in the face. But... But thankfully, Dave was just be like, no, no, dude, no, it's not worth it. He's not worth your time. So that's just kind of like a side note there. Uh, the the night got better as soon as that guy left. It was just one of those things where it's like, dude, seriously, you're going to call out people for literally trying to go to the bathroom, get some beverages and stuff like that? That's, that's stupid. I, I dare you to do that at a football game. I dare you to do that at a hockey game. They will probably be less merciful than wrestling fans because us wrestling fans, we try to be dignified, but... I think that, you know, when you go to a football and, you know, the hockey game or, you know, insert res- insert professional sport event here, they're they're more serious about this stuff. So, yeah, good luck with that, good sir. And uh, also, two words for you, suck it. Anyway, so that was kind of like the deal that happened with that. But honestly, friends, what did you think about this three-way Cracker Barrel clash? Firstly, uh... Big props to the staff for dealing with a guy like that. Uh, a couple of years, I'll just briefly get in story time with Fred's. Uh, a couple of years ago, I won free tickets to a Toronto Maple Leafs game. Mind you, it was a preseason game, so like half the roster wasn't there. And I got seats like about 10, 15 rows up for center ice, which is usually costs you an arm and a leg and about five organs in Toronto. Uh and there's a couple of there's a couple of things. Yeah, there's a fight, and there's like you know people are standing up and watching the fight. We sit down, and the guy in front of us is still standing up. 
my brother, he, he's a quiet guy. He's a pretty quiet guy. And he's just like, uh, you can sit down now. And the guy says, like, uh, you can say please. So he continues to do that. So a couple more times, there's a couple of stand-ups and, and whatnot. And we're just like, dude, please sit down. And he's just not listening. And then eventually, way later in the game, uh, we're just like, oh, we're dealing with this guy. And there's people above us being just like, you know, like, fuck that guy. He eventually gets kicked out. And my, and my brother, who's just completely quiet the whole time, they get kicked out. He's like, yeah, sit down. Get out. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Love <And> my brother. <laughs> Love no, no, brother, brother frets. Brother Fretz is literally the coolest guy now. Oh my gosh, that that that's awesome, dude. I, I you know the funny thing is, is that kind of does prove my point is that people are a little bit more uh, passionate about you know professional sports. My God, just what the absolute fuck is that? Oi, 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 oi! Sports man, tell you. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that <laughs> that's just again crazy, crazy story. But at the same time, fans can be disrespectful, especially sports fans. But yeah, have you, have you recovered from the insanity that was the Cracker Barrel cra- clash? First off, shout out to Cracker Barrel, best fried chicken I've ever had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, if if I ever go to one of these events down south, uh, I want to hit up a Cracker Barrel. And I went to one in uh, Missouri, actually a town called Cuba, Missouri. Ooh. I think I've told that story before, but, you know, I'll go there, eat my fried chicken, go pay at the counter, and the sweet little Southern Bell cashier, would you like Kenneth Chesley to keep you company tonight? It handed me a CD. No, 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 in the Jimmy Havoc thumbtack spot, uh, Jr. had a, had a line, and it was just like you know, oh, ask him again in about six to eight hours. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's gonna poop thumbtacks, and that's gonna hurt. Oh god! I, oh man, that, that that's like uh, that's like spicy food extreme right there. <laughs> uh, where else do we, we that that was just I think he spat out some of them, so I don't know how many of them he actually swallowed i hope he didn't swallow any because for one thing that'll literally shred your insides before it even comes out like oh boy uh this this match was just nothing but chaos and nothing but soreness uh i became a big fan of all of all these guys in this match and darby coffin drop with the cracker barrel landing on the steps my, my fused spine cringed so much that I'm heading back into surgery. I felt that. I felt all of that. And I know, like, yeah, the barrels were kind of gimmicked and they're kind of cheap looking and kind of like Donkey, Donkey Kong Country style here. But, okay, why didn't anybody Donkey Kong Country those barrels? Like, just threw them. Come on. Um, and there was a small part of me I was half expecting to see a cameo from somebody in this match with Joy Janela, and I'm glad it didn't happen because I would have turned off the pay-per-view. And that man is super human, who I absolutely cannot stand. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Complete idiot. Um, 
Yeah, and we had that that acid rainmaker spot. The you know you had to dive onto the floor while you were still taped in the chair. You had Janella crashing hard through tables and everything. I thought there was a spot where they were like, did they almost miss one of the tables or two of the tables? Just just ouch. Uh, I like these matches, but less is more because you guys are not going to be doing that when you're 30. No. No, I, de- I definitely agree with that. Alright, next matchup on here is the tag team matchup where the winners will refuse to first round bye in the AEW World, title, uh, World Tag Team Title Tournament. Uh, the Dark Order defeating the best friends, Chuck T- Taylor and Trent Beretta. I... We'll say this, that Best Friends have one of the best Titantrons of all time. Just the amount of what-the-fuckery on that, where it's like, Best Friends, and then they show, like, something cute, like bunnies and children, and then they show this weird, like, thing coming out of Area 51. <laughs> These aliens and shit like that, and then it goes back to the cute, and then it just goes to the abnormal. It's like, what the, what, 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 I, I don't know how to feel about this, but I also kind of love this. Uh, match itself, really good. Evil Uno, my God, can that dude just take a freaking beating? And Stu Grayson, just they, these guys, just definitely are going to be something special here in AEW. And also, <laughs> all the minions are in the background getting you know catcalled by everybody in the in the crowd called spooky perverts, spooky perverts. <laughs> That was funny. This was like, oh, come on. But then it's like, well, I mean, they're kind of like a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of deal there. I can't really, I can't really deny that. Uh, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, th- this matchup definitely was a heart racer because there were so many points where we thought best friends are going to win. But, nope, the Dark Order picked up the victory. And then we see, and, and the finish was actually kind of crazy because as Dark Order is doing their finish, we see... Chuck Taylor basically being surrounded by these minions and almost like this wave of humanity is just overtaking Chuck. It was so creepy. It was so weird, but it was honestly amazing. Uh, after the match is over, the minions are basically grabbing uh, Trent Beretta. They're kind of carrying him up, kind of like you know, like an Undertaker deal or stuff like that. They're about halfway through. Lights go out. And I'm thinking to myself, are they going to like vanish or something like that? What? What's going on, going on with that? Lights come back on. In the ring, we see a familiar dude with his hands in his pants. <laughs> the debut of Orange Cassidy, baby. He shows up, and he literally does a suicide dive to the minions. Basically, you take him out. You see a nice deal where a Best Friends and Orange Cassidy, they... they get a nice spot where they're just, you know, kind of celebrating. Like, oh, you know, we lost, but hey... Thank you, fans, for everything you do. It was great. I gave this one a, a pretty solid B matchup. It was great. It definitely served its purpose. The Orange Cassidy deal, my God. I It's one of those moments where it's like you kind of forget that usually people do that as a spot to like debut or to appear. I I loved it. And the fact that this guy is doing these random things where they're like, hey, I'm literally just going to wrestle with my hands in my pants. It's like, Dude, this guy is stupid, but it's also genius at the same time. Laziest wrestler of all time. Also one of the best gimmicks of all time. I'm sorry, but it's really good. Unpopular opinion. I 
I'm not a fan of Orange Cassidy, but I got a big no. kick out of this. <laughs> oh, really? I, I'm sorry. Like, I saw him last year in the in the Battle Royal, and I'm like, why is he, like, grazing Tommy Dreamer's shins? Why is his hands... Like, I, I didn't get it. I, I, don't, I still don't get it. I'll probably come around eventually, but I'll admit that dive with his hands still in his pockets was awesome. <laughs> And um, I, I love this fight. He's just sitting there, like nonchalantly, hands in his pockets, like Al Bundying, basically. And the <laughs> friends come and hug him. Like, okay, that there was memes born out of that. That's that's funny. I, I'll agree that this served its purpose. Uh, the best friends sold like bosses for the monster uh, Dark Order. I, I said before that when we were predicting this, that this calls for a heel to go for a deep run. I don't think Dark Order's winning the tag team titles. Personally, I don't think they should. But I'm I'm all for seeing how this how this goes on. No, definitely. I 100% agree. Uh, next matchup is the match where the winner will face Nyla Rose for the inaugural AEW Women's World title, uh, scheduled for the AEW on TNT for October 2nd. Hakiro Shida versus the Rio. Oh my God, I could not be more in love with women's wrestling than I could be with this matchup. Just absolutely fantastic. Love the fact that these two just had you know fast-paced styles, technical stuff. There was a couple very physical spots. It was like, oh my God, this is just absolutely amazing. It just, oh, maybe appreciate so many things in life. And I'm not going to lie, this was... This is the next matchup where it's like, okay, this is match of the night. This is this is great. Absolutely love it. One match definitely definitely overtakes that. Uh, Rio definitely earned this victory. Beautiful, beautiful roll-up uh, combination. She just, my God. I, I, I honestly didn't even know who to like cheer and boo for because these two women were seemingly babyfaces and... I mean, there was probably, like, one point where somebody was like, oh, no, she does a heel because she knocked off a freaking uh, foam finger for off a van. Oh, that's a heel tactic. Ooh, ah. Uh, but no, Rio picked up the victory, well-deserved, and she will face Nyla Rose on October 2nd. Well-deserved. And that's going to be a matchup that's going to be great. A quality. Very great. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, I cannot wait for October second. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I thought this match was pretty was pretty good as well. I don't remember that much of it because I think at this point, excuse me, I was uh, I was getting ready to head out to work. But you know these these two uh, young ladies put on a great match. I was honestly not expecting to see Riho win this one. Uh, she's got like the she's got the like the, the the little underdog story written all over her and. Yeah, her and Nyla Rose are gonna are gonna burn it down, man. It's gonna be phenomenal. And also, this is another thing: women's wrestling being taken seriously. I love it. Like, I mean, let's face it; it, it hasn't in the WWE for some time, and I think it's mainly because Rousey hasn't been around. But I love it. Let's let's have more of these matches, please. Yes, definitely agree. Okay. Let's get into nostalgic feels. Sean Spears versus Cody. First of all, Sean Spears coming out with just, you know, him just sitting on a chair, comes out with the chair. Oh, my God, was that just, that was great. That was absolutely great. 
Then we get, oh my God, here comes Brandy. She's wearing this nice, you know, like silver deal. She's coming out with Pharaoh. She has something on her face. And it's like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Then we see DDP. Then MJF. We kind of look at all of the, we kind of look at the shirts that they're kind of wearing. And it's like, that kind of looks familiar. What's, what's going on with it? And then we see, of course, Cody. He comes out. He's got kind of a familiar deal. It's like, oh my god, they're doing Star Trek. That's amazing. So as soon as that happened, I literally was like, oh my god, they are trying to continue to create pop culture moments. This is great. Absolutely fantastic to see in that. Uh, referee had to be a downer where he said, oh, only one person can accompany Cody to the ring because Sean Spears, of course, has Tully Blanchard. So it's kind of those things where it's like, well, it's got to be fair. It's got to be even. So who is the one to do it? Not MJ, not DDP, not Brandy. MJF is in Cody's corner. What? <laughs> I literally was saying to people, I was like, okay, I'm calling it right now. MJF is costing Cody. MJF is costing Cody. I could not be more wrong, and I could not be more happier. So during... Th- this matchup, well, actually, the matchup barely even starts because they're fighting in the crowd. Cody is just going right after Sean, beating him in the crowd, almost like a street fight kind of deal. We see Sean get the upper hand again. Uh, there's a point where Sean is looking to whoop uh, Cody with his own belt, and we're thinking, like, oh, okay, well, here comes the end. This is going to be it. Uh, but then the referee grabs the you know belt from Sean. Tony Blanchard sneaks in his belt to Sean Spears, and just cracks it over Cody's back, because he can. Uh, there's a point where Cody is basically about to hit Sean with the chair, but it's kind of one of those moments where he's just like, no, I'm better than that. I don't need to stoop down to your level. We get an MJF, Tully Blanchard, fighting each other deal. I'm so happy with this, because it's so amazing. We see MJF come in, Tully Blanchard comes in, they kind of fake it out a bit. Tully Blanchard just rips off his jacket. He's going crazy. MJF just throws his scarf at Tully, and then they just do like this weird, kind of like choking with each other. And Sean Spears attacks MJF. Uh, they get the referee kind of distracted. Out comes Double A, Arn Anderson. He comes in, hits a beautiful spine buster to Sean Spears. Oh my god. That was just amazing. Tony Blanchard, he's just kind of like, well, what are you doing, Arn? What are you doing, Arn? Arn just literally is like, comes in, spine buster, leaves. That was literally it. I'm just like, oh my god, Arn Anderson's the greatest of all time. I don't care what anybody says anymore. <laughs> so, totally kind of goes after Arn. MJF is trying to get you know, people behind Cody again. Cody hits the crossroads. One, two, three. Cody picks up the victory, continuing his singles undefeated streak at AEW events. Uh, a great, another great matchup. I gave this one an A. Again, really great to see these guys just absolutely killed out there. Uh, a lot of people might have to look up the story behind the two of them because it definitely goes deeper than just the chair shot heard around the world. Um, it's just absolutely fantastic seeing these guys working well together. I'm hoping we get a rematch between these two in the future because I think that there's more gas in this feud. Yeah, 
Yeah, this this was just awesome. I loved that disaster kick Van Daminator spot right at the end of the match. Yes. Now. Oh, my God. Uh, and he had a double A. I mean, still got it. Still got it with the spine buster. And I love this this back and forth match. You know, I I picked uh, Dillinger, I mean, Spears, but uh, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with Cody winning this. I hope this is a few that goes on a little bit further. MJF just being an absolute twat at ringside. Uh, and him, like, oh, my friend, my friend Cody, my best friend Cody, it's like, dude, I can smell your bullshit from here. You're going to turn on him soon. It's, and then, like, it's then, and then someday you two are going to have a title match. Like, it's, it's happening. I can't wait. And I can't wait for MJF to have the title forever. Oh I, my gosh. That, uh, that's I mean, I hate the guy, but at the same time, it's it's a beautiful sight, I'm not gonna lie. And if you if he was shouting that shit to me, it'd be like, Yeah, these Tipperpedic shoes look good under your mom's bed. <laughs> <laughs> well it, yeah, I, I had had I figured this up like that, but it didn't it didn't come to mind until then. Uh so we have the Escalera de la Muerte matchup for the Triple A World Tag Team titles. The Lucha Bros defending against the Young Bucks, or as we like to say, the Please Don't Die matchup. I'm just spoiling this right now. This was an A-plus matchup. My God. I could not think of another matchup where literally I see so much carnage, so much chaos, where literally I could not give more energy into a matchup than this. Because there were so many points. Uh, there came a point, I think it was halfway through the matchup, where I was just sitting down. I was like, they've taken everything from me. They've taken all my energy. What more can I give to this matchup? It's just absolutely insane. Some of the spots in this, whether it was, you know, like a double the double splash that they did off the ladders through tables, uh, the spot where one of the bucks goes through two tables on the outside, or even some spots where they just like were innovative. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to sh- send this dude out to the outside. Nope, he's going to flip onto your tag team partner. Oh, shit. Uh, one of the bucks did a, oh, God, did, did that crazy um, deal where they ripped the mask off, and you know, Pe- Pentagon's able to you know, save himself. He's able to get the mask back on. He's able to push the guy off. Uh but literally, I think the point for me where I was just like, I'm done, was the, uh, I want to say it was like the package pile driver combo on the outside where Phoenix dives off onto a, onto a Pentagon who's had the package pile driver, one of the bucks, boom, through the ladder. It's like, no no more, no more, please. I, I wish for life for these men, please, no more, please, just no more, thank you. Uh, the Lucha Bros would retain their titles here. Well-fought matchup. Honestly, this is going to be a huge match-of-the-year candidate. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I still go out to say that I think that Gargano versus Adam Cole at New York was good, but this is like neck-and-neck with that right now. That match just absolutely fantastic. Oh, just... <laughs> I understand why they had the word muerte in that matchup because this matchup was death. It was literally like, hey, how many things can we do to make people think we literally killed each other? Okay, about 15 points in this matchup. I think it might have been 20 at this point. I just, 
No more. No more death, please. <laughs> Seattle Mero, indeed. Uh, Canadian Destroyer off the ladder through a table. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I remember that. Stop. Stop it. Even Pete Williams is like, oh, that's too far, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is reminiscent of the old uh, the TLC matches from back in the day, like, but putting those to shame as well. Like, I loved, I love how the Young Bucks still do that uh, sharpshooter uh, crossface combo, uh, big big time like Calgary combo. There you have. Don't okay. Don't unmask Luchadors. Don't. Don't. Uh, and we didn't mention who debuted after this match. Oh, shit. How could I forget L-A-X. that? L-A-X. Oh, I think because Impact still has the rights to the name, uh, the commenta- uh, commentators, it's like, um, it's like, the Bariquas. I'm like, oh, no, that's that's taken. Don't remind me of Los Bariquas. Um, <laughs> Well, well, hell, maybe they can actually give those names justice now. Now it's going to be one of those things where people are like, like, ha, 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 to, oh, shit, Los Bariquas. No, no, anything but Los Bariquas. <laughs> and I will, I will say this. Uh, one of the funny tweets I, they had uh, that, oh, gosh, we, we we need to get back back into this because I forgot to mention this, and I know that it's been a busy weekend for both of us. Um we, we forgot to bring up the no, hashtag Pro Talk Wrestling, but one thing I would have loved to mention was literally <laughs> Demon Diva Issa's tweet where she's just like, don't know who these guys are, but they're representing this flag. I'm totally down for it. Just <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like, you know what? That's all they need. That's all LAX needs. They just need one thing to hook you in, and they got you. And if, that's the, and then if that is what it was... Then yeah, I'm totally for it. Uh, but yeah, just seeing LAX debut after that, or the Barik was whatever they want to call it. Uh, honestly, they could probably even still. Well, maybe I was gonna say they could probably still get away with Latin American Exchange, but they probably can't. Anyway, honestly, just oh, that was just awesome. That there's a night full of surprises and absolute just wonder. Speaking of wonder, wonder how this main event matchup goes between Hangman Page and Chris Jericho for the inaugural AEW World Championship. And trust me, we're going to talk about this for quite a while, so strap yourselves in, folks, because there's a lot to discuss with this. Match itself? Holy crap. Great. Absolutely great. There was a point during this matchup where Adam Page does a discus elbow, gets Jericho square in the head, Jericho is just busted open, and it's one of those busted open spots where it felt like it was almost planned the way that it worked because here here's my reasoning for saying that literally throughout the matchup you look at Jericho it looks like there's like a line across his face where you just see one half blood one half clean it's literally like almost like a two-faced deal in the most gory way and I loved it it was one of those moments where I was like oh shit Chris Jericho got you know, busted open by that, and again, how he managed to keep, you know, one side completely, you know, bloody, and one side completely clean, I give props to Chris Jericho for that. That was a 
great visual. Uh, we see a lot of great you know near fall deals with uh, uh, Jericho getting the code breaker, getting a two count. Jericho locking in the walls, not getting it. Hangman Page delivering everything that he could, not just to get so close, so close. But all it that you needed was one thing. One Judas effect out of nowhere. Boom. One, two, three. Chris Jericho is the first ever champion of AEW. What a matchup between these two. And just that visual of Jericho holding the belt. He's just celebrating with it. He's holding it up the rampway. Just absolutely great. Also, I need to mention this. Hangman Page came out on a horse. You can't say anything bad about this dude. It was awesome. The only thing I would say about this is that if that horse shat somewhere in the entryway, that would be hilarious. But thankfully, I don't think he did. So I think they had the horse situation taken care of. And for all we know, it could have been a horse from medieval times. You never really know. Uh, matchup itself was great. A-quality matchup. It was the only way that you could have these guys you know, go out was at the main event. Great matchup. It was hard to, to, it's hard to top that ladder match, but it just absolutely was a fantastic matchup. Show itself A-quality. My God. More please, AEW. More please. I still haven't watched this entire match, but from what I've seen of it, it was just phenomenal. And do you remember that? Did you hear what the name of his horse is? Adam is Adam's horse is. I did not. Hunter Horse Helmsley. Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> Hunter Horse Helmsley. Oh man! I mean, somebody's gonna make a deal where it's like, well, yeah, because he's a he's a working horse. Uh, it's like, yeah, that's that that's exactly why they named him that. Yeah, that's exactly why. And and going back, speaking of Triple H and going back to the Spears match, uh, was Spears not sitting on the busted throne? He's, it looked like that on it looked like that on TV. So I'm not sure, but no, he, um, he, he was he was sitting on a steel chair. Because it was the representation that, oh, steel chair, heard around the world, blah, blah. So. Chairman. Okay. okay. So, and everything well, that followed with Jericho, like the. And the memes that have came out of it this week, and the title going missing. <laughs> we definitely need to talk about this. All right. So, during the week, Jericho had a worldwide search for his world title because apparently. His baggage just got switched around or something like that. And there's all these gifts. There's all these people just saying like, oh my gosh, who's got the title? Who's got the title? Ironically enough, Dusty Dave sent me a picture of his replica of the AEW world title. And of course, people are saying like, dude, you must have stolen it. It's like, nah, it looks cool though, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> just... So many people be like, oh, I stole the title, I stole the title. And of course, the ever-classic, it was me, Jericho, it was me all along. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's good shit. <laughs> but uh, eventually they did find the AEW title. I believe it ended up in, what was it, like, te like Louisiana, Tennessee or something like that? Tallahassee. Tallahassee, there we go, thank you. Um, 
Yeah, they they found the title. Jericho's got it. He's all happy and whatever. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, how do you lose that title? But I mean, to be fair, if somebody has the exact same luggage as you, I understand. That's why you get the little names on there. That's why you get the little tags on there that say like, "Hey, this is mine. No touchy." Mine literally hey, says that. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez Louise. Uh, AEW just putting on a fantastic show this past weekend. It just really makes you proud to be a wrestling fan. It was just absolutely great. So AEW, you guys do absolutely great. And thank you guys so much for everything you've done. I will also say this, that um, they mentioned that AEW's uh, TV tapings are actually going to be taking place in Chicago the eve of Thanksgiving. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be going to that because... Well, I think I got. I still got to keep my priorities straight. As much as I love AEW, as much as I love my professional wrestling, I love my family just a bit more. So I'll be spending more time with them for that. But I will also say this: that the uh, uh, Tony Khan, the uh, president, the president of this entire deal, he came out with Cody after the show. They wanted to thank everybody, and he definitely said that he wants to make Chicago a yearly deal. And I think it's going to be kind of their WrestleMania, maybe that. Every time they go to Chicago, they're going to go all out for this. No pun intended. And, you know, he talks about, you know, hey, that he was raised in Illinois and that he was great, always loved coming back here. And it's just one of those things where he shows how much of a fan he is and how much he appreciates the fans coming out and putting and giving the, and just, you know, showing their appreciation for the men and women who bust their ass for that. It's just really cool to see that. So, Tony. You are the man. You are absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us what we want. Also, shout out to Tony Schiavone for being absolutely great this past weekend. Just, what more do I need to say about Tony Schiavone? It's Tony Schiavone. He's awesome. But, with that being said, we can now discuss the uh, two matches that are announced for Full Gear, which will be taking place. I want to get this right. Uh... It will actually be taking place on November 9th in Baltimore, Maryland at the Royal Farms Arena. A Royal Farm Arena. Huh. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, two matches that they've already announced is finally getting the matchup between Moxley and Omega. Hopefully, depending on, you know, depend, depending on how it goes with everything, you know. with, with hopefully, hopefully his Mercer deal is all taken care of by then. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But the other matchup here... Chris Jericho's first world title defense will be against Cody. We are going to have a really good matchup here. We're going to have a really good event. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So that's going on for that. Uh, I will also mention this little cheap plug. Uh, this, this event's already happened by the time this has already been released. Uh, the ACW show that I'll be going to uh, as we're recording this, uh, it'll be happening tonight. Is going to be hosting a you know, last stop deal before the big event that they have called Night of Legends, where we they will have uh, names such as Ted DiBiase, Tatanka, Arn Anderson, which literally is one of those things like, oh wow, that's that's going to be awesome. Uh, they're going to be a part of that, but I can tell you guys right now, I cannot plug ACW more than I have already have. These guys are awesome. Definitely, if you're in the Wisconsin area, check these guys out. And definitely check out their matches that they have. They have such great talent. 
and they put on just great stuff. It's run by, of course, Swaggle. A lot of people might know him as Horn Swaggle from WWE. He does a great job putting on this, and I've gotten the chance to you know talk to him over the weekend because he was one of the guys at Starcast, and you know just everything that he does for the event, everything that these ACW guys do is absolutely fantastic. So cheap plug for these guys, but a deserved cheap plug in all honesty. So with that being said, I think that we can call this an episode. It's almost, geez Louise, we've almost been going on for two hours, but you know something? We had so much to talk about for this past week. It's just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Again, I'm going to do a little quick shout out here to everybody at StarCast. You guys were awesome. Everybody that got a chance to meet Really cool that we got the chance to you know, talk and just have a great time. Uh, to all the wrestlers, thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you to all the people of AEW for putting on a fantastic show. You guys definitely, definitely deserve all the praise and recognition that you deserve from this past week. Uh, with that being said, time for some cheap plugs. Of course, guys, we're a part of Wrestle Attic Radio, which you can check out on our Twitter at Attic underscore Wrestle. You can check out all the great uh, podcast, including us, the Game Changer podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, Nacho Mama Soap Opera podcast, the Gift of Podcast, and of course, guys over at Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Definitely check those guys out. It's absolutely fantastic. They do an absolutely tremendous job. Uh, also, you guys, we have so many things going on over the next few weeks, including uh, WWE Clash of Champions. So we will do a prediction show for that next week. It's going to be absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, like I said, the one matchup that's not a championship matchup should stay on the pre-show because it has no business beyond the main card. Just saying. But we'll have to wait and see for that. So, Mr. Fretz, do you have anything to plug, my good sir? Yep, I just have a Fretzelmania podcast, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Uh, I don't uh, upload it very often because I'm doing, I'm doing this every week, so... I got a few things cooking up in here in my brain. I got the, the Patreon show coming out later this month for the WrestleMania Radio Patreon. Five bucks a month, firm. No tears because tears are stupid. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be the the 20, year, 20 years ago thing. The, what, uh, 20 Bell Salute. So, Unforgiven 99. Oh, boy. And also talking about whatever's coming out in TV, video games, and movies each month as well. So, there's that. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's all my plugs. Legendary right. J- at the legendary JF on Twitter and Instagram, and yeah, my page is on Facebook, but I don't tinker with it too much. Fair enough. Uh, you guys can check us out on the Game Changer Podcast Facebook fan page. Also, I'll plug the Wrestling Radio Facebook fan page since I got the chance. Uh, check us out on so many different uh, podcasting formats, uh, especially here for the Game Changer Podcast. Uh, you know, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, available on iTunes, Spreaker.com. It's also going to be uploaded onto YouTube. So for those of you that just want to listen via the YouTube, then by all means do it that way. Uh, as far as you know, stuff going on for the Game Changer podcast, nothing really too crazy. Uh, just continuing to you know just have a lot of fun. I know that this past week I didn't have a podcast with uh, Tori. I decided to just take a break from that because work and everything that happened all out was just already taking so much of my time and so much of my energy. But we will be back with another episode next week. So definitely, well, actually, it'll be this upcoming week. So tune into that. Uh, trying to think here as far as we do. Uh, definitely, we want to get back into doing the whole 
hashtag Pro Talk Wrestling. So effective on Monday. Definitely hit hit us up with the hashtag Pro Talk Wrestling, whether it's part of WrestleLatic Radio, whether you want to tag myself at Real FN Game or Mr. Fretz at Legendary JF. Definitely tag us in that. Hit us with a hashtag Pro Talk Wrestling, and we will definitely have our favorite tweets set up for the build up to um build up to the Night of Champions, as well as our favorite tw- tweets. We'll definitely do this as kind of maybe like a Patreon exclusive, or maybe we'll just do it as something for a Twitter exclusive uh, on our pages here. So definitely check that out, you guys. Again, thank you fans so much for listening into this show. You guys are the reasons why we do this, and we definitely appreciate it. You guys are awesome. You guys are indeed game changers. And you guys are definitely here to make a difference. You're making a difference with us. Hopefully, we make a difference with you. So for Mr. Mr. JF, the legendary Mr. Fretz, I have been Nate the Effing Great. Thank you so much. This has been the Game Changer Podcast on Russell Attic Radio. And we will talk to you guys next week in the next episode. Just remember, be a game changer. Don't just sit on your ass doing absolutely nothing. Because, yeah, nobody likes a lazy ass. Or they don't like people putting their hands in their pockets. I forgot where I was going with this joke. Either way, talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Peace. number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.